Today is the 28th of June, 2022. And today is the 14th lunar day of the seventh lunar month. There are just 15 days left until the entering of the monastic rains retreat. So we see that and we contemplate this life of ours passes by every single day. And we contemplate that life is something uncertain, death is certain, life must end in death. And the Buddha taught not to be heedless, to have mindfulness, just like we just chanted in the chant of the Noble Eightfold Path. So we have mindfulness to recollect the body, feelings, the mind, and dhammas, to lead on to wisdom, to bring the mind to peace and collectedness, this quality of samadhi, firm establishment of mind. So in our practice, when we don't have wisdom, we don't see clearly, because the mind is not firmly established, because mindfulness is not continuous. And sometimes we have mindfulness, sometimes we don't. We have mindfulness to recollect in the present moment, to make our minds firmly established. And we practice to train the mind to be collected and established in the present moment, to have firmly established mindfulness, so that whatever sense impressions come to meet with the mind, then we can contemplate them and give rise to wisdom. In this way, knowledge can arise. This is the wisdom of vipassana, of clear seeing. And so we contemplate that death is for certain, life is uncertain. We make our minds firmly established, not to proliferate. We see that, we may think that this person, <coughs> this person has this or that name, this or that profession, but when the mind is still, then we see that there's no one there, there's no being. But when the mind proliferates, we see it as a person, as a being. And so when our minds recollect death, it brings the mind to stillness and peace. This is Maranusati, the recollection of death. So we recollect that life is unsure, death is for sure. We make the mind well established in samadhi. And if this samadhi lasts for only a very short time, we call it kanaka samadhi. And with more firmly established, then the body and mind feel light and at ease, and this is upajara samadhi, samadhi that's close to stillness. And when the mind starts to proliferate again, according to conventions, this is where wisdom arises right here. And when the mind starts to proliferate, start to think that the, the corpse is a policeman or a soldier, this or that person. So wisdom arises right here with the mind that's still. So we're able to know this in time, insight arises. 
This is bhavana, maya, panya, the wisdom that arises from meditation practice. Then the mind is clear, the mind is bright. One knows that it's not self. There's no me or mine, you or yours, no being or self to be found. It's just the four elements. There's no one there. There's no one who's died. So this knowledge arises. One sees the body as not self, not a me or a mine or a being. Usually when the eye sees the form, one thinks that it's a person and a being. But when wisdom arises, one sees that there's no one there. There's no being. These bodies walking around are just like robots. There's no one there. So we need stillness to have this wisdom arise. And the same thing can happen while listening to the Dhamma. The mind can be still. And then we can experience vimuti, liberation, and seeing everything as samuti, as convention. For instance, seeing this meditation hall, or seeing lady and sangha, or monks and novices, or cars and so on, and we think that those things really are those things, but in truth they're just natural elements gathered together. It's just a convention that we know according to our various languages. But when we understand clearly, we see that it's not that way, that really it's not there, it's not self. We see it arise and cease. So this is wisdom arising, insight arising. And we don't intend for this to happen. It arises on its own. And when this happens, then rapture, happiness, and fullness of heart arise through the seeing of the Dhamma. And this can be experienced for three months on end. Or when the samadhi arises, it can happen for one month. The body and mind feel very cool and at ease with the understanding of the Dhamma. And this is a type of happiness that arises without being based on external things. It's not dependent on external conditions. Because the happiness and pleasure that arise based on external conditions is never enough. It's something that's coarse. We see that when we have ignorance, and this gives rise to craving, being lost in the sense of self. We have this liking for pleasure. We want more of that pleasure than pain we don't want. And this gives rise to vipavatanha, the craving not to be. And when we experience pleasure, we want more of that. This is the bhavatanha, the craving for becoming. And this goes on and on like this without ceasing, without end. When we have delusion, there's no end to it. There's liking, there's disliking, there's craving. It goes on and on like this. So we need to train our hearts and minds to know these phenomena as they arise, to bring the mind to stillness, to give rise to happiness, in order to see clearly the truth of reality, the true Dhamma. 
And when we see like this, this sloughs away the doubts that we have in practice. Because these doubts we have, we have a lot because of a lack of samadhi. And when there's no samadhi, then we don't see the Dhamma. But if we practice Dhamma to the point of seeing clearly as described, we need to have effort in this, this effort which is a part of the Noble Eightfold Path. The effort to give rise to wholesome states and maintain them, and to abandon unwholesome states and avoid them. So we set our hearts on this. And we understand that we have kilesa, we have defilement. So we make the determination not to be angry, not to let the mind become too coarse, not to get lost in hatred. But we also understand that we practice not to have vibhavatanha with our thoughts. That's not the way. That's not the way to practice. So when demeritorious states arise, we make the effort to abandon them. But we understand that these demeritorious states, it's normal for them to arise. And if they're not arisen yet, then we seek to prevent their arising. So we try to train the mind to have firmly established mindfulness, to give rise to samadhi and then wisdom. And when we have mindfulness and samadhi, we seek to care for these qualities, not to just let them go, not to let our minds go. And for Dhamma practitioners, we practice speaking little, practice restraint. For instance, being restrained on alms round, it's possible to see the Dhamma while on alms round. There was one monk on alms round contemplated a stalk of rice and contemplated this to the point of realizing arahantship. And this is while he was on alms round. So during alms round, while taking food, while eating food, and so on, we practice have restraint all the time to speak as little as possible. Because speaking is proliferation, uh, thinking is proliferation, proliferating in terms of the five khandhas, in terms of self. And so when we think, or when we speak, that it's even more self. In a given day, every all the things that arise in our minds, all the stories, they're all about the self. So we need to have time to train our minds in stillness. In this mind that's still, there's still a sense of self there, but it's a good sense of self, a sense of self on the path. It's a sense of self for the sake of abandoning the self. It's not a sense of self for the sake of more self. So we have effort to bring the mind to stillness. We practice not to look down on others who might have only a little samadhi. So we practice to look at our own minds first and foremost, to contemplate, to give rise to wisdom. This is the right path. To see that life is uncertain, death is certain, not to be heedless, but to train and strive and practice not to 
hurt oneself or others, which is the wrong path. Because we see that people in the world harm each other, seek to harm others. But the quality of not harming others, this is peace in the world. So we practice to have loving kindness and compassion to help others, to train our minds like this. And if we practice in this way, then the paths and fruits are close. So may you set your hearts on this well to train in right livelihood. And we practice vipassana, clear seeing, to give rise to wisdom for the sake of the end of suffering. And this vipassana, it needs the foundation of samadhi, of the peaceful and firmly established mind. In this way, doubts can reduce and be abandoned, can see clearly. Because we see when the mind is peaceful in samadhi, it's not agitated, not doubting. But when samadhi is absent, then there's doubts and there's agitation, there's chaos. We feel that we can't find a way out. So therefore we need to train in samadhi, to train in stillness. The mind that's annoyed and agitated and ill at ease, we observe this and see what it's like. And then we train our minds to be firmly established in the samadhi to be able to do this. So may you all set your hearts on this practice. <laughs>